This article comes out of IGN and was written by Logan Plant. The internet can't get enough of the latest... Pre- Were you expecting me to say Logan Paul? Because I my mind just kept going to Logan Paul. I, I was, but then Logan Plant's even better because that's that's a great fake name as well. He's a real person, actually, <laughs> Logan Plant. <laughs> Robert Plant's son, the, the lead singer from uh, 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 Led Zeppelin. Anyway, Robert this article- Plant-Hafian. <laughs> he wrote... In the latest promo video for Forspoken, the upcoming action RPG from Square Enix and Luminous Productions, however, it's not the most positive reception as people are poking fun at the new trailer by making parodies of it. It all started when the official uh, Forspoken Twitter account posted a new ad for the game. The promo shows snippets of gameplay featuring a voiceover from the protagonist, Frey. Many people on the internet are finding the dialogue incredibly campy, with the most liked reply to Forspoken's original post saying, this game looks beautiful and the gameplay looks crazy, but boy do I bet the story and dialogue will get on my nerves. Here's what the ad has the main character saying. Alright, here we go. Let's you got I'll this. do my best impression. Alright, let's do it. So let me get this straight. I'm somewhere that's <laughs> that's not what I would call Earth. I'm seeing freaking dragons. And, oh, yeah, I'm talking to a cuff. Yeah, okay, that's something I do now. I do magic, kill jacked-up beasts, and I'll probably fly next. <sighs> Terrible Enix. impression aside. <laughs> the impression was as bad as the dialogue, so you only got to use with what you were dealt there. So uh, you did well considering. I, I, th- I felt like I was transported to Del Toro Quest. <laughs> definitely young adult, definitely young adult fiction they're going for there. Hey. <laughs> oh, big time, big time. Brendan, have you seen the ad that the, they're referring to in this article? I've, I've watched the ad a couple of times. Like, like graphically, <laughs> the game looks funny and interesting. It's it's like, a you know, if we're going to compare it to anime, it's an isekai where this, this girl Frey is getting transported from modern world to fantasy world and and has to become the hero and all that nonsense but all the the tropes over the top of it and the parodies where they did the bloodborne one but my favorite one by far is the tony hawk one where they're spoken wording superman by goldfinger and tony hawk's like spoken wording that in the trailer and it's just really emotionally heavy like even though it's about a skateboarding game and it's the best but this (laughs) this trailer is so bad but the internet has come good on this one and made it great Oh yeah, I saw a few. I saw a few people retweet this about how bad it's going to sound. I remember checking out the first gameplay of it. There was some other dialogue. I just moved a boulder with my freaking mind. <laughs> it's just, it's excruciating. I don't know what they were going for with this one. Uh, are you keen to, to play as Frey <laughs> when Forspoken comes out, Lockie? Um, that line. I believe they took that from the Avatar movie. Okay, what 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 was it in Avatar? Oh no, in the nah, in the um oh, the the last Airbender, the 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 shitty oh. Avatar. One. <laughs> okay. Yeah, because oh, they move boulders and shit. Yeah. Yep. yep. That's all sure. I got. I mean, uh, I I I think it's that's a real that's a real damn shame. It looked like it had a lot of potential, but it sounds like that potential is now whittling away before our very eyes. Yeah, I'd love to know if Joss Whedon is actually like ghostwriting this thing in between abusing staff members on set. So very <laughs> oh, curious because it's got that early Joss tone to it. That's for sure. 
Oh, yeah, dear. that sarcastic. Yeah, yeah, very Buffy. Um, but hey, if they go full Buffy, I'll be very happy. Oh, yes. Bring Sarah Michelle Gellar in for a cameo as well, please. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Sarah Michelle Gellar in Forspoken. I'm down. Oh, dear. Even the intro article wasn't that great. <laughs> I thought it was good. Oh, wow. <laughs> I like it. I oh, liked your dear. um. I liked your your girl voice that you did. For the <laughs> Very <laughs> sultry. <laughs> oh dear, Zacharina. <laughs> <laughs> News to Reviews, your place to be for gaming news stories and also your place to be for impressions on the latest games coming out each and every week. My name is Zach. I'm here with my co-host. I'm here with, as per usual, Lockie. How's it going? As per usual, Lockie checking in, reporting, clocked on. <laughs> You're here. You're here with the camera off playing Xenoblade Chronicles 3. <laughs> That's right, Lockie half present. <laughs> Oh dear, look, you know what, it's, it's, it's the kind of week where the news is that week. <laughs> that, you know, if you've got to pick a week to play Xenoblade 3 and not pay attention, this is probably the, the week, but... I, I, get, I get one game every two years like this. I get one game. Man, you enjoy Loki. I'm, I'm, I not, I'm not throwing shade okay. at all. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is the gamer's dream, these types of games. Fuck. Oh dear, oh dear. But uh, it may be a weak week of news, but we have an extra strong guest. We have Brandon White from the Hungry Gamers. Brandon, so strong. how's it going? I'm doing really well. It's exciting to be here back in the studio with a pair of jacked up beasts and I uh, can't wait to talk <laughs> plenty of gaming and all kinds of horrific tangents, no doubt. Oh, yes, absolutely. I'm so stoked to get into it. Uh, but I have a question for you. When is the next episode of 8-Crit Yencast first coming out? Um, depending on what when this episode is going to come out, barring any editing delays, the next episode should be dropping this coming Monday, Tuesday. Oh, nice. Bloody oath. Well, do you want to tell everyone where they can find that and all the great stuff you guys do over at 8-Bit? Yeah, definitely. So good good primary hub would be uh, the website, 8bit.net, and that's A-T-E-B-I-T, so a bit of a wordplay there. Oh, on the socials, at we are 8 bit Twitter, Instagram, so on and so forth. And yeah, primarily uh, hosting the Hungry Gamers podcast, but also can be heard on Bitecast, which is a food-related podcast, and um, 8Crit, which is sort of our, our role-playing podcast where we have different seasons of content um you know a couple of times a year we've done a star wars one shot and we've just finished a witcher one shot which you mentioned as yen cast first so uh yeah get all that in your ear holes when you can and uh yeah send feedback good bad or otherwise to myself at brendan 8-bit always appreciated oh yes bloody oath who came up with the name eight crit because it is fucking gold like uh, that was Perfect. that was I, I love a good pun i love a good bit of wordplay so so most of the stuff that i think's witty i hope the rest of the world thinks is witty and yeah eight crit sort of just just made sense you know eight bit eight crit 
crits are heavy, heavy oh. in uh, role play and, and D&D lore, and it just went together, you know, hand in hand. Couldn't be more perfect. So you came up with that one. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. big dubs on that one, my friend. That is absolutely excellent. Bloody hell. You're too Thank legit you. to crit. <laughs> that, was, that was another one that was on the list, but we're trying to like, oh! with each season, like we had, we had um, Han... Han rolled first with our Star Wars one. Now we've got Yen cast first. So then, like, whatever the next season's going to be, it'll be, you know, using that similar wordplay. Like, we're, we're thinking of doing a one set in the Alien universe. And it's probably going to be, like, Ripley Screams first or something like that just to keep that <laughs> continuity going. Oh, excellent. Bloody oath. Well, uh, you know, it's Alien, bit of horror stuff, and I've been mm-hmm. streaming a little bit of horror stuff i've been streaming man of medan i'm only a few hours in so far and like you know everyone sort of seems to unanimously shit on man of medan but so far i'm having a good time with it i'm sort of expecting that maybe that towards the end it just completely falls off but i guess i'll see what happens there it's it's Uh, probably the weakest of the dark pictures anthology at least for me i've played through them all so far and yeah it was the one that sort of is the least memorable now that we're what four four cycles in so yeah okay yeah stories on boats are usually the shittiest barring the titanic and pirates of the caribbean they're normally awful (laughs) and particularly novels i can't stand ship stories what about ghost ship have you watched ghost ship one of the best opening scenes in horror history that's all i'm going to say like the first few minutes much death in a very cool funky horrific creative way yeah, it seems like okay. a weird rule. No good movies or, or content on boats. No way. Absolutely. <laughs> like, yeah, get 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 that in here. The... Nah, nah, I'm talking more about books. I just oh, fucking okay. hate boat-related, boat related like plot de- plot devices and, and settings because they always they always go through a storm and the storm is always the big thing and they have very limited space. It's just very boring and they just talk about the waves half of the time. Mm. And then in um and then in Game of Thrones, the, it goes into detail with Sam Tarly's fleshy mound, which was just like <laughs> that's burnt into my brain forever now. That line, gross. Thanks, George. <laughs> Well, you can come see my fleshy mound on Twitch oh. at 6.30pm. <laughs> Jesus. Australian Eastern Standard Time, twitch.tv slash news to review. If this episode doesn't have the explicit rating attached to it when you upload it, you're going to get in some big trouble. <laughs> oh, no, it always is. It's just that that has to be the baseline for, for this show. <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah, well, Facebook Crows better get that as well. <laughs> Uh, and yeah, give us a follow on all the socials. Just search for news to reviews. You know where to find it. We have a very tepid week of news this week. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot going on. Should we get into it, lads? Let's do it. <laughs> Let's go. Yes. All right. First up, we got Kirby's Dream Buffet coming 17th of August. Looks like a Kirby party game where you play with four people and you roll around and do sort of looks like sort of fall guys inspired gameplay i I guess except you don't have 50 people and it's not going to be free it's going to be like around 15 dollars us i don't know it looks like it could be kind of fun brendan what do you think about kirby's dream buffet I don't think much about Kirby's Dream Buffet, Zach. I I couldn't give two shits about Kirby at the best of times. And Kirby's Dream Buffet, yeah, it it feels like a watered-down Fall Guys, but you've got to pay for the damn thing. So uh, I'm out before even the game's released. Like, I'm I'm good. Like, if they could expand this out to 20 players, like four players, 
you know, there's not much sport in four players. You got twenty five percent chance of winning, but if you if you got fifty other, like forty nine other people, you know, two percent's a lot more in, exciting for me to to get that competitive blood flowing. But yeah, Kirby's Dream Buffet. It looks cute. It looks funky. It looks more Kirby. But like, as I said, I'm not a big Kirby guy in general. So like, I'm, mm. I don't care. This week coming, I'm not dropping. I guess twenty bucks Australian on this thing. I'm going to use that money to probably buy fried chicken and then hate myself for eating it all. <laughs> but shout out to all the Kirby fans. <laughs> well, and caref- careful if you're inhaling it like Kirby, because yeah, you will <laughs> will choke. But um, yeah, that's that sounds like a far better way to spend your money. I'm I'm there with you. I I don't have any anticipation for Kirby's Dream Buffet. That's how quiet a week it's been. That's something that I thought was vaguely interesting enough to add to the dock. It looks like it could be a little bit of fun. I think Nintendo's making a huge mistake by not just making this free to play, or you know, make it part of Nintendo Switch Online mm-hmm. Plus, whatever it's called. Do something like that. Uh, yeah, uh, whatever, Nintendo. We'll, we'll see. It'll probably sell great because it's Nintendo and it's got Kirby on it and kids will probably love it. Uh, I I messaged you the trailer before, Lockie. Could you tear your eyes away from Xenoblade Chronicles 3 for the two and a half minutes or whatever it is that the trailer is to watch Kirby's Dream Buffet? Oh, yeah, I took a look at it. I didn't watch through the full three minutes because, like... Oh, three minutes. Sorry, sorry. It's too much. Um, <laughs> like I, I, I get it. You, 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 Kirby. It's it's four player kind of Mario Party vibes. Um, but it's Kirby, and they really like their food graphics. Nintendo is very proud of those assets. They've been reusing it for a long time. I think they've been using those assets since like Mario Odyssey. So yeah. Yeah, they're really into doing their lifelike food and they just keep... Re- I don't know. Their market research has worked out that kids love things graphically that look like food. It's cheap, <laughs> it's easy, it's producible It's on their handheld. Um, it, it'll make money. But will it be a good game? I don't know. It looks pretty boring to me. I, I agree, Brendan. It looks like a very watered-down Fallout... Uh, <laughs> Fallout, guys. Fallout, boys. Um, yeah, I would just like more dlc or expansions for mario party mm, yeah That's no, give me that give me some of that i'm down for that um yeah no it's it's unanimous hate for kirby's dream <laughs> buffet uh but hey maybe there won't be unanimous hate for this story so oh hang on just before i go um one of the positives is um <laughs> that i loved about the ad was that they say that you cream the competition and they really <laughs> lean into that cream i thought it just sounded so dirty and i cacked because it was clearly like this is clearly aimed for young children again nintendo uh that's all right they gave me xenoblade 3 um i I can't complain there's some fiend at nintendo hq chuckling with his like subtle sexual connotations (laughs) that he's got in there you know kirby been able to pretty much swallow everything in sight and people getting creamed and yeah he's sitting there living his best fiend life but he's like but it's for kids it's fine <laughs> look i have to be i have to take the wins where they are and i'm just so grateful that they aged up the main characters for Zeta play three <laughs> well it just reminds me of uh, in kirby's forgotten lands you had full mouth mode as well too like it all there's there's a lot going on there <laughs> with, the, with the these jokes. They, they they have to. There's someone there who knows what they're doing at Nintendo. There has to be. There I wonder if be. they they find the the abilities and the 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 
the functions in the games are like jump on Pornhub or something and search like Nintendo <laughs> sex and then get get all the descriptions and the titles from them. They're like, yep, full mouth mode's going in, you know. Oh, Getting what's creamed. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> all this yeah. type of stuff. <laughs> oh, dear. Far out. Now, um, <laughs> there's been a story that's been going on that uh, I, didn't, I didn't cover last week, but basically in Brazil... Sony and Microsoft and all the big gaming companies have sort of been, uh, you know, t- talking about this big acquisition between Microsoft and Activision Blizzard. And Sony's had some stuff to say, saying that, that you know, Call of Duty is uh, completely integral to, uh, like, people's console choice and how it's, like, a staple that'll never leave. Microsoft clapped back, basically saying that there's nothing unique about Activision Blizzard games. Super weird for them to say about something they spent $69 billion on. Uh, but there's there's been a bit more sassiness to, to come out of this whole situation. And for some reason, Microsoft felt the need to sort of comment on Sony's poor implement, implementation of the uh, PS Plus tiers. And so it, this comes from documents filed to the Brazilian competition authorities. This is from Microsoft. Quote, Sony could be able to leverage the high quality of their first party games even more by making them available on PlayStation Plus at launch day. Such a strategy might be able to quickly speed up the growth of the service's user base as a response to the competitive pressure of Game Pass or any other service, and the strategy is not adopted by Sony, even when it comes to the new and updated PlayStation Plus. Such a move by Sony could make PlayStation Plus even more attractive in order to be able to rival eventual strategies by competing game publishers to the benefits of gamers. End quote. Oh, I love Microsoft getting a bit sassy there. Like, you know, maybe if you did your, your, your PS Plus tiers right, you, you wouldn't be so worried about us buying Activision Blizzard. It's just, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Brendan, what do you think of, uh, of Xbox's sassiness here? I think it's great. Like, um, I, I've been sort of following on with this whole situation with the uh, Brazilian Administrative Council of Economic Defense that's investigating this whole Jesus. flex back wow. and forth between Sony and Microsoft, where Sony are, yeah, trying to, to obviously stop the Activision Blizzard merger and saying it's not in the best interest for competition. And then it gets mm. into the Call of Duty semantics. And then. Even uh, Microsoft has clapped back, sort of saying that Sony are uh, paying developers blocking rights to stop, uh, you know, non-Sony exclusive games from jumping on Game Pass. So there's this mm. schoolyard back and forth, like rock fight going on here, and it's so great to watch two, like you know, multi-billion-dollar companies resorting to these sort of slander tactics. But like, I think it's I think it's justified. Like Game Pass is the premiered service for gamers across any platform irrespective of brand allegiance like you can't argue with the value you get for you know a dollar a month if you can start it and then hack it that way up to 15 dollars a month on console and and pc Mm. combined where sony and their playstation plus tiers make no sense and then they even make less sense for us in australia because we don't get access to the cloud streaming stuff from playstation 3 And the fact that, yeah, they don't drop day one exclusives on the service. Like, that would be such an uptick. Like, it might be spike-based usage of the system where they'd see, you know, God of War coming out in November. So, you'd see an uptick of PlayStation Plus for that month. And then it probably gets cancelled after December once everyone's played. But, like, 
you'd be getting these cash-based injections um, incrementally when these games come out. But yeah, I, I think what Microsoft is saying is fair. Like it's very, um, you know, it's it's valid in the wording they've used, but there is some cattiness to it. You know, they're, mm. they're stating fact, but also like, you know, giving them the finger at the same time saying, you know, you... you you know, you might own the market, but we own this sort of streaming and subscription-based model and it ain't even close. But <laughs> yeah, at the end of the day, make games more readily available to gamers and it's a win and it's a pro-consumer move. And Sony don't always do pro-consumer things, but when I guess you're so far ahead of the race, you don't need to, which mm. is you know why I, Microsoft had to pivot so much. But it's fun to watch. Like I'm sitting here in the peanut gallery with the popcorn, just watching on and reading the documentation and the slander that comes from here and there. And who knows, maybe there's going to be a reference in the next dialogue from Microsoft, like taking a shot at Forspoken and how bad the dialogue is in that where they, you know, we, we don't need to talk to cuffs in our games or something, you know, on game pass we're we're a bunch of professionals or some shit. I don't know, but it's, it's awesome to watch and it's awesome to read because it's the heavyweight fighters, you know, it's the, it's yeah. Muhammad Ali, bloody thriller in Manila style here where they're going blow for blow to see who's going to ultimately win out. And, you know, this acquisition is going to go ahead by the end of the year and it's all going to mm. be long since forgotten after that. But it's going to happen again. Someone's going to buy another big company and then the slander match will pick up again and they'll take their little shots and we'll all laugh and then talk about it on a podcast. Oh, there's so many more rumors too. Like apparently Square Enix, apparently Sony's looking to buy Square Enix Japan. There's just rumors like nothing's been confirmed or solid yet. But yeah, the acquisitions definitely aren't over. We're going to see a lot more of it. And if we get some more of this stuff coming out of it, I'm all for it. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you with the popcorn. It's fantastic. I... I'm not a big fan of Activision Blizzard's game, Activision Blizzard's games. Uh, they've put out some stuff I've liked over the last few years, like you know, Crash Four's fantastic. You know, the Tony Hawk's Pro Skater One and Two remakes. But yeah, it was fantastic to uh, to see <laughs> see Microsoft comment on uh, on uh, on Activision Blizzard's games. So this is when Sony was saying that you know it was have a go at them and say that they shouldn't be able to have this acquisition go forward specifically with respect to activision blizzard video games there is nothing unique about the video games developed and published by activision blizzard that is a must-have for rival pc and console video game distributors that could give rise to a foreclosure concern like holy shit for them to say something like that about some big balls quotation right there (laughs) oh 69 billion they're spending on this there's nothing special about it nothing Mm. it's just it's gold i I love the the hypocrisy from both sides here um sony in particular because they're you're you're right brendan they've been leading the way at the moment so they've been making the the most anti-consumer moves looking more like nintendo than anything else these days like you know they've been the ones slacking off when it comes to things like crossplay. um you know it came out when fortnite uh, was having its tiff with Mm -hmm. apple uh that sony's been the one that's been holding fortnite back from being able to be just across every platform so yeah it's good to see just these two goliaths just go at it locky what's what's your thoughts on on all this shit I don't know. I feel like it's just media attention in the sense that they they're just doing this to drum up the profits based on controversy. I, I don't know because it seems like it's all over nothing, right? Well, this is in they're like d- this is proper court filings. Like this is this is coming out of documents from like yeah, yeah, yeah they're fought in yeah, court, but- man. It's not like just an article in Kotaku. 
Yeah, but that's just like an average Tuesday for them. They go to court hearings and shit all the time because they True. have to present on all of this dodgy ass shit that they do. Um, and it's just considered like a, a cost that they have to factor into all of their business planning is, oh, yep, yeah, who's going to have to deal with the eventual court case around this to try and fight it, at, but it yeah. will fail. Um, and how do we claw back this and that? I, I don't know. I, I, I've just got a really cynical view of whenever I hear about this sort of stuff, it just... I think in I think there's been a real trend, and this isn't just in gaming industries. It's it's been worked out across the board that even if it's negative and and childish and petty petty bullshit, um, people love to see controversy and drama. And um, I think there's been someone's worked out that that's boosting sales for things. Um, and that would be my guess as to why this is going on. Um, whether or not they believe the things that they're saying and whether or not those things are true, I kind of think are irrelevant. To your point before, Sony is hypocritical in some of their business practices. Neither of them are perfect because they're both giant ga- gaming companies that have been around forever. So they've mm. all done the wrong things at, at various times. You know what it reminds me of? Um, Samsung did a couple of marketing ads a few years back taking a pot shot at Apple for their notch. And then they released the same, they released in the most ultra tablet, which is their flagship expensive tablet, a notch. So like, it's just they don't give a fuck. Yeah, <laughs> they don't give a fuck. They'll eventually do the exact same thing if they work out for whatever that decision and criticism to be is the commercially viable option, and they know that no one will really hold them to task on it. Yeah. Well, I hope Sony takes some of the advice that that Microsoft is giving here on PS Plus tiers, because, yeah, they should have their first-party games day one, 100%. But uh, Microsoft had a little bit of a a boo-boo when it came to their uh, Game Pass. They had a bug which showed Elden Ring, Grand Theft Auto V, and Soul Hackers 2 being advertised uh, for Game Pass Ultimate. Now, like, they, they... They've apparently fixed this now. It's all gone, but it sparked speculation that these could be coming to Game Pass. But as far as what Microsoft has said, that is not happening. Uh, <laughs> not much to it here. But Brendan, do you, have, do you have anything to say on on almost getting Elden Ring on Game Pass? I uh, I love a good conspiracy theory and a good uh, a good rumor. So I I reckon there's a bit of a uh, bit of heat to this fire. Like. This wouldn't mm. just happen by chance. Like I'm assuming they're working through some exclusivity deals to be tossing these things onto Game Pass. I don't know, maybe sometime next year, maybe after mm. 12 months of seeing Elden Ring out in the wild, and then they're just going to offer FromSoft a bucket of cash to to chuck it onto onto Game Pass and GTA Five. You know, I've had other GTAs in and around Game Pass on and off over the years, so. It makes sense, like even though we've got GTA six coming out in probably twenty fifty six, GTA five <laughs> still one of the highest grossing games month on month. So oh. it would be smart and they're two of the biggest games of the last decade plus. So yeah, it would not surprise me to see these actually pop up on Game Pass, you know, by middle of next year. Like Elden Ring's still selling mm. really strongly. It's it's got three of the top four highest rated scores on Metacritic across the three platforms the game came out on this year. Then GTA V's the largest video game of all time. So why wouldn't you want to house them on the premier streaming service, especially if you're not going to make Call of Duty on there because Sony won't want you to. So uh, (laughs) it makes sense. It makes sense that there's probably some some truth to this this rumor or this uh, marketing stuff up 
that they're just going to say, oh, sorry, finger slipped on the keyboard. That's not that's not right at all. Disregard. <laughs> I think you might be right there, Brendan. I think it's more likely next year. It'd be such a big get if they did manage to get it this year. But so far, Elden Ring has sold uh, nearly 14 million copies and it's it might be it's it's looking on track this year to hopefully beat Call of Duty, which wins every single fucking year that Rockstar doesn't release a game. <laughs> so yeah, it'd be crazy if they they put it on Game Pass already this year. It's still selling so well. But GTA Five, and I've never even heard of Soul Hackers too. Get them on there, why not? <laughs> Bloody oath. So this sort of just the throw into this rumor, like you've got two heavyweights, and my <laughs> yeah. knowledge of Soul Hackers one or two is minimal at best. So yeah. uh, I'm sure. <laughs> Sure, it's a great game. I've never heard of Soul Hackers one. Oh dear, Lockie, what's up? What do you think of uh, Elden Ring? <laughs> accidentally been put on ga- advertised on Game Pass for a moment. Soul Hacker is a class in Xenoblade Three. Oh. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so, you know, that I I take that as a sign that I'm doing the right thing, playing a lot of Xenoblade. Yeah, the tinfoil yeah. hats don't lie. We've got them all on together right now. <laughs> the stars have aligned. Um, yeah, no, I was gonna say before. Um, before uh, I would say that um, it's exciting if Elden Ring can make it onto the Game Pass. I think it's an awesome game. But I agree, it's it's a really high-selling game. It's probably not going to make it to Game Pass until sometime after the Christmas period next year, if that is the case, because they won't want to lose out on the Christmas sales, surely. Hmm. But, yeah, after that, it could be could be free game. Hmm. And uh, a game that's definitely going to be missing out on the Christmas sales is Hogwarts Legacy. It has been delayed once again till February 10th, 2023 now apparently this was initially oh no what did joanne rowling say this time (laughs) (laughs) dear god santa's not true santa's a lie (laughs) oh oh, no uh so basically this was meant to come out in 2021 apparently initially until january of 2021 they delayed it to 2022 to which I think earlier this year they said it was coming holiday time this year. And then finally now, yeah, it's been pushed into that February slot, that Horizon slot there. Um, yeah, I guess I'll play it when it comes out. Lockie, are you upset that you're going to have to wait a bit longer to play Hogwarts Legacy? Oh, uh, look, I mean, uh, I'm not upset. Uh, I, I, To be honest, I'm kind of happy to hear about that because every time I see the the gameplay for this game, I feel like it's... It's too... Everyone says it's too big to fail. I think it's too big to succeed. I feel like the game is pushing graphical boundaries. It looks incredible, and it looks like they've got a lot of content in there and detail in there. I just don't see this um, performing well on any existing commercially-based console. I reckon there'll be a whole bunch of issues with PC optimization as well. So, I I don't know. The The longer it can spend in the oven, the the less shitty it will be on release so i'm actually happy to hear about that how about you brendan do you care no (laughs) like um i'm excited to probably play with the digital sorting hat and work out if i end up in uh you know ravenclaw like i do in real life but uh you know who knows how that's all going to play out in the game like as as lucky said it looks pretty from what i've seen from the stills and some of the the b-reel that they've been sharing around from the game and Mm. it looks like it could be interesting but it's not a huge needle mover for me like I'll, i'll give it a spin when it comes out but um 
Yeah, for now, it's sort of just about the only game that's, you know, of AAA caliber that's slated for February. So at least it's going to stand alone for now and maybe get the the love and attention that it does or does not deserve, depending on your stance on Rowling and Co. But uh, <laughs> it looks impressive. And uh, let's see if they can execute that vision uh, come February. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like we're all just in agreement with all the stories this week. I'm, I'm right there with you, Brendan. Not, not like I'm gonna play it when it comes out. It looks like it might be a bit of fun. Like, not a lot of the stuff I've seen's got got me that excited about it. The combat looked a little bit, I don't know, a little bit floaty. Like, I remember your, your characters there, like eating spells, and it just, I don't know, it just, it just didn't look very satisfying to me at all. Um, and I've never really been that in love with any of Avalanche Studios games like i didn't mind mad max i thought it was pretty fun but like they just never quite hit those top tier level of titles to me so yeah uh, I, any delays really anyway i'm happy for them They're better off having the developers not not working themselves to death and getting more time to work on on the games and uh as you said before brendan for now as far as february is concerned but I wouldn't wouldn't surprise me if over the next couple of months we start getting announcement of a lot more delays. Hopefully, mm. none of those delays are God of War Ragnarok. <laughs> That's the only one that I care about. But I still I, can't... I think it's locked and loaded for that November date. I don't think they're going to be shifting that because um, you know they they kept us waiting for so long to get a date. And is it yeah. isn't it not coming out in 2022? And I think they're too far gone now to pull that out from under us. It'd be so shitty if it was the case. But I'm hoping. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's still on track for later this year. I'm just I'm too cynical. Like I've just been I've been burnt too many times. I just I don't know. <laughs> I want to believe it's coming out this year, but and I'd rather just go in with no expectation. And if it comes out, sweet, absolute gravy. I'm stoked. Oh dearie me, Hogwarts Legacy. I'm going to do my legacy in february hopefully have you guys done the actual like sorting hat like you know i've gone on to pottermore and done the the hat and like answered the questions to work out what what house you'd be in have you guys done that over the years or am no. i the only fool here that's done that no 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 but, but i know that deep down i'm a sliverin <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't need to do it i when i was i don't remember what birthday it was i think it was like my 11th birthday or something like that i went to zigzag railway in new south wales australia where they had some kind of harry potter thing that they did there and they have plastic curtains which are platform nine and three quarters that look like bricks that you walk through and there's a sorting hat and you could talk to the sorting hat and it would pick a house for you and whatnot it was just like a tiny little (laughs) like little speaker box inside the thing but I've done something similar, I guess, but yeah, I definitely don't have the love for Harry Potter that I used to have when I was a child. Um, That is for sure. But something I've never had any love for at all is NFTs. It's time for our NFT segment. Never fucking trust it. (laughs) Never trust it. NFTs, not good. This article comes out of IGN and was written by George Yang. Gunzilla's upcoming multiplayer battle royale shooter title. Fucking, oh, so many buzzwords. That, oh, that hurt my brain. Off the grid, or OTG as its fans refer to it as, will incorporate an NFT platform called, it's either Guns or Gun Z. 
It's got a cap. It's gun with a capital Z on the end. Gun Z. Gunzilla. <laughs> Gunzilla is the name of the person who runs the company. Gun Z will utilize blockchain technology for in-game item trading, where players can buy new in-game items for from other players. However, Gunzilla clarifies that trading is completely optional and that the studio will not hide progression or any features behind a paywall. Furthermore, Gunzilla says that it will never sell NFTs directly to players. Gunzilla's insistence on the Gun Z platform revolves around the fact that in today's free-to-play games, players don't get to actually keep the in-game items they've, they've they earned or paid for. For example, when a game shuts down permanently, whatever time or money the player invested goes down with it. District 9 director Neil Blomkamp joined Gunzilla as chief visionary officer to help out with the studio's debut game, in which last month during our interview with him, that's IGN, he didn't mention that it would would have NFTs. Oh, I wonder why. He wow, heavy that. hitter directors. They're, yeah, they're well, pulling from movies. It's a shame they couldn't get Gunzermo de Torres. <laughs> Gunzuma. Close. <laughs> oh, dear, far out. Well, the, the whole reason why I even included this story at all, like, is who gives a fuck about OT? Like, who gives a shit? I, I don't care. But the fact that Neil Blomkamp's decided to attach his name to this, whatever the fuck this is, this multiplayer battle royale shooter fucking thing, Brendan. <laughs> Sounds more like it should be attached to Blom House. Oh. <laughs> Nicely done there, Lucky. Nicely done. Thank Brendan, you. are you Thank eagerly you. anticipating OTG so you can start trading <laughs> NFTs with players? Um, I, I, I was intrigued by the game when it got announced because it's a BR, but there's like narrative progression throughout the, the live map. So depending on oh. what's happening, there's story and character development that's going on where you can meet NPCs and carry out missions as you're fighting everyone else so i thought that was a cool concept and then when i heard uh neil blomkamp was involved i thought fuck yeah like he's mm. he's one of my favorite uh you know vision heads when it comes to science fiction like sadly we're never going to get the alien awakening offshoot that was going to retcon three and anything past that but mm. you know stuff that he's done with like oat studios i don't know if you've seen that his own studio he does and he does a lot of conceptual shorts and a lot of it is animated and digital so you could probably see them maybe working in with Gunzilla games which is still one of the worst studio names I've ever heard in all of all time (laughs) like it sounds like Cliffy B would be attached to this and like Mountain Dew is a major sponsor but like the game piqued my interest but then seeing that (laughs) NFTs are in it now it's like fuck me like I, I get what they're trying to say as far as the vision statement you mentioned there as far as what happens when a game shuts down all that hard work's gone i'm like that's life you know that's how life works when companies close or you die (laughs) people don't want fucking digital mementos of you like forever type of thing like i know that's a big chasm to jump in like where i went (laughs) game shutting down and then death but like It does feel that care. way, though. You know what? It, it it does feel that way to these gaming companies. It's I, want a, I want an NFT of Grandma when she passes. <laughs> yeah, I've got like I've got serial number one where like some rando pervert in Delaware has bought a couple of other ones and they've got NFTs of my dead grandma. Like that's bizarre shit right there. But like, 
I don't understand. Oh. Like, it's just another avenue to try and generate some money. And I like ex- like getting exclusivity and, and respecting a, a, a user's time that goes into a game. But mm. having them to buy a skin of a game, a gun they use in the game is not the way to do it. Like, give them something physical that they can carry forever. Something, you know, I guess some people do value this digital currency more than others, but like send them a founder's coin send them a pin send them something you know immortalize yeah, them, them in the game pop, for christ's sake yeah something <laughs> instead of like the skin i'm using in the game i've now got it digitally which is not in the game but i can look at it and it's an animated thing that i can rotate 360 and check this out kids like look at what i got <laughs> playing off the grid back in 2023 like it's 2050 now but i've still got that fucking skin and they're like shut up dad we're gonna go look at grandma <laughs> nfts again because you're weird well, there's going to be three options when we die. It's going to be you know, burial, cremation, or do you want to be an NFT? Exactly. <laughs> I, I wouldn't be surprised if there's funeral parlors not already doing this. <laughs> oh, God. Wow. Oh, really? In the metaverse? God. This is probably the next evolution of the metaverse. Like, yeah. I don't know oh. if you guys have watched Upload on Amazon, which is fantastic, by the way, but when you die, you can get your consciousness uploaded into a, a digital afterlife and then family can jump into like into like a vr suit and visit you and you're still sentient in this digital afterlife so you live on that's what the metaverse is going to do or that's what off the grid's going to do you wait you wait <laughs> oh it's coming that's cool so they made an entire tv show around that black mirror episode yeah it's really good like the, it's completely different <laughs> tonally like it's it's more yeah, yeah. Com- comedy with a bit of drama but it's really really good two seasons out now on prime give it a look Okay, I'll have to give it another try. I think I watched an episode and I, I, I don't know why I couldn't get in. I, sh- I should have been able to get into it because it's Greg Daniels, I'm pretty sure, and he's a yeah. fucking genius. Greg Daniels. So I've got to give it another Who's chance. Greg, Greg Daniels of The Simpsons, Parks and Rec, The Office, basically any any comedy that anyone's grown up with that's our age, Greg Daniels is uh, uh, behind it to some mm. degree. Um, I really yeah, love it. It's got a lot of heart ah, to it, but okay, cool. Off the Grid does not have much heart. Yeah, 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 absolutely right. And it, God, the stuff you were saying at the start there gets me excited. Like uh, the idea of a, a multiplayer game with an evolving narrative and stuff. G- great idea. Why, why they want to fucking attach NFTs to this? I, I do not know. It is. Very I liked the latest stuff you're talking about, which was all about immortality and uploading consciousness to a paradise. <laughs> That's cool. That's in the DLC for Off the Grid. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't give two fucks about this game, but I am intrigued by your immortality proposal. Pre- as a pre-order bonus, you can upload your consciousness to <laughs> the Off Your Grid service. Yeah, to the Gunzilla database. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dearie me. Well, look, I've had enough of NFTs. Let's move on to the games coming up. In the next week, and oh, finally, it's it's time for games to be coming out. We've 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 made it out of the abyss, and it's the time when we're just going to start seeing game after game. I'm pumped. It's that time. Warhammer Forty Thousand Tacticus, yeah, Tacticus is coming to iOS. Madden NFL is coming to all platforms. Madden NFL 23. Roller Drome. Oh, it's that one they showed off in that PlayStation event. That's coming out August 16th to PS5, PS4, and PC. Way of the Hunter is coming to PS5, Xbox Series X, and PC. Kirby's Dream Buffet, as we talked about earlier, is coming out August 17th. Curse to Golf 
is coming to PS5, Xbox Series X and PC. Oh, and the previous uh, console generation as well. RPG Time, The Legend of Right, and that's right with a W, is coming to PS4 and Nintendo Switch. <sighs> Thymesia. It's the, the weird disease where your, your thighs start to forget shit. Coming to PS5, <laughs> Xbox Series X, and PC. That's great. Jetpack Joyride 2. Oh, Jetpack Joyride 2 is coming to iOS. They're making a sequel to that iOS game from years and years ago. I'll actually probably download that to play while I'm sitting on the toilet. Brendan, did any of those titles stand out to you at all? <laughs> um... Uh... Not really. This is why you have eye infections, Zach. <laughs> Not even thymesia? Are you kidding me? I, I'm very intrigued by this debilitative uh, thigh disease you mentioned. I need to look more into that. That sounds horrific. Um, I'm, I'm a sucker for a good Warhammer game, so I might, like, give that a look. I love the whole Warhammer 40k universe and the, the space marines and just all the larger-than-life death and violence that comes with that game. So maybe, mm. but... Outside of that, not particularly, no. Like, um, yeah, I'm pretty good. Like, I used to Roller be like Drome a seasonal metal. Nah. Roller Drome, the one they showed off at that PlayStation event? Nah, I, I couldn't care less about that one, I'm afraid, Zach. Like, it looked fun, but like the trailer, like the art style was very interesting. I thought like I was playing the expansion to a scanner darkly and, and Keanu Reeves and Robert Downey Jr. might pop up and do something weird on a set of rollerblades or roller skates but alas that was not the case but uh <laughs> no nah, I'm, I'm pretty good i used to be a seasonal madden guy i used to get that game every year and we had like a group of pretty devout friends that would like set up a league and do that yeah. but i haven't played that in like four or five years so i'm just gonna keep playing apex legends and Fortnite and uh, living my best life my friend oh yeah uh lucky any of those stand out to you at all any of those managed to tear your attention away from Xenoblade 3? Uh, the only thing, it, it tore my attention away in a negative way. <laughs> I, I just need to get this off my chest. Um, <laughs> the Warhammer franchise, whoever owns that, I'm going to guess some company called Warhammer. Games Workshop does. Games Workshop. They need to fire their marketing and media team because their titles always sound awful with the one exception of total warhammer which was genius um all of their other titles sound cheap they sound like shitty sort of you know c tier b tier products that i don't want to spend my money on and sometimes they actually do release a decent game that i should be spending my money on so that is a major failing of their media company i don't know who it is i don't know if they've just given like you know a family member that just did their media degree but you know got peas or something and they gave them the foot in the door and just made them the director of their media but they need to get rid of them Sadly, Poison. that's just like all their games in the broader Warhammer universe. They've all got very bespoke, archaic, nonsensical wording for like everything that's attached to it. Instead of it's like, you know, oh, that's that's a car. They're like, no, it's a, a rigid device with wheels that flies aggressively through space. Like it's just nothing's simple ever with Games Workshop apart from their pricing model, which is just it's all very fucking expensive. Mm. Yeah, th those titles have always been a word salad to me. I've always looked at them and thought, this must mean something to someone who enjoys Warhammer. But to me, it's just words. Yeah, <laughs> it tells me nothing. Yeah, what I, I like the I like the law, but what it what it reads to me as a consumer is cheap. 
Blasphemy. It is anything but cheap. Anyone that's <laughs> bought or played Warhammer knows that you need to just about mortgage your house to afford these minis. So uh... <laughs> the, the sheer irony. No, I mean cheap is in the product. It's like this cheap, shitty, haphazard sort of put together thing, which most of the time it is. But yeah, they need to work out their branding. I think the problem is they they sort of split their licensing up to so many different studios. So um, amongst the the needle in the haystack, you're going to get one or two good games and then a bunch of filler that's just watered down rubbish where there is some good ones occasionally, but like you said, Lockie, it sort of gets, I guess, a bit lost in the white noise of, oh, there's 17 Warhammer games that have come out this year. Which one's the good one? I don't know, yeah. so I'm not going to buy any of them. Yeah. Yep. This is, this is just since 2016 and I'm not even going to do all of them. So you've got uh, Man O' War, Corsair, Warhammer Quest 2, Mordheim, Warband Skirmish, Warhammer, Doom Wheel, Blood Bowl, Death Zone, God. Warhammer, Chaos Bane, Warhammer, Chaos and Conquest, Warhammer, Odyssey, <laughs> Blood Bowl 3. <laughs> Total Did it come out at the battles. same time as Assassin's Creed Odyssey? Yeah, I was thinking that it was a, it was a few years oh later, unfortunately. But yeah, Total War Battles colon Warhammer. Like, didn't they already have yeah, Total awful, Warhammer? Awful. Why do they... Yeah, anyway. What the fuck? <laughs> Just awful. awful, either too long, sounds like a cheap, shitty, unfinished product. Um, yeah, wordy. Oh, God. Man of War, Man of War Corsair. Just call it Corsair or Man of War. Pick one, dickheads. Mm. <laughs> Don't include both in the title. A, a quick pivot from Warhammer. I did forget that um, We Are OFK was coming out this this week, and that's like a music biopic game, and it's like an interactive EP. So the the developer behind it sort of telling their own story about being a real life band and it's got the ep amongst the game as well and it, it looks really funky it's a really cool art style really cool soundtracks so that's another one that's that's coming out this this week that uh yeah i forgot to mention before but yeah it's coming out on playstation as well as switch and pc oh, i wonder why it's not up here dang but yeah that's that was an interesting one because they showed that off at a like a playstation event a long time ago hey it's got that really interesting animated art style right mm -hmm. so it lo looks like it's gonna make me cry and gonna be very existential so <laughs> yeah uh but yeah that'll do us for the games coming up in the next week not a lot there that i am keen to sink my teeth into i'm gonna keep just hanging out in my cult i'm gonna be very happy right right where i am that's for sure uh but for now how about we take a brief break and then we jump back on in with the games that we've been playing Brandon, you are our guest. It is tradition on News to Reviews for our guest to get us kicked off with impressions. What have you been playing this week, my friend? I have been Please working through uh, massive... No, not, not Zeno 3. I've thought about no. it for a hot minute and then went, no, nah, I'm good for now. I'm good for now. <laughs> yeah, you're not ready to just like throw the next 150 hours of solid gaming into Zeno 3. And, and I don't even, I don't know where my switch else. is. Like it's in the house in a cupboard somewhere, but I just don't know where. And I just couldn't be <laughs> asked like looking like it's not a hard thing to do, but I'm just like, it'll turn up one day. You then know? when you find it, you're going to have to charge it as well too. It's probably going to be dead. It's, that's, there's a lot, there's a lot, there's a process you have to go through to use it. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. Very painful, very stressful. But uh, <laughs> so I've been playing Cult of the Lamb by uh, Australia's slash UK's own massive monster games. Yo! 
It is a fantastic little ditty. Uh, it's come out of nowhere. I've been playing it on the Xbox Series X. Obviously, it's on just about every other platform. Okay. It's a fantastic um, contrast and mix of Harvest Moon, uh, Animal Crossing, uh, you know, management mechanics and building a little establishment mm. and then that roguelike flavor in there as well all weaved into this adorable yet horrifying story about this uh reanimated lamb that is trying to raise up this murder cult to bring this evil entity known as the one who waits back to earth to then i guess ruin everybody's day and so it's cutesy and it's like lamb chops play along and all this happy day like animation style mixed with then sacrificing your uh, your cult friends or your villagers to, for the greater good or the greater evil. And I just love that it's like two games in one, but it interconnects so effortlessly, like going on the gameplay loop as far as going on your conquests and doing the dungeons, fighting your way through there, getting resources, saving other potential cult members and then coming back and building out your little township it's cute but it's horrifying yet it's adorable yet it's gross yet it's you know evil yet it's sweet like it's this weird contrast but it works and i didn't know much about massive monster until this game come along and i think it's getting such a i guess a focus too because it's getting uh published by devolver digital but this game and devolver is like hand and glove like it's it's a devolver game and Mm. It's so fun. The combat's simple yet challenging. The the micromanagement of your village slash cult is also simple yet challenging. But it's just adorable and I love it. And I can't speak highly enough of this game. Like this game to me feels like the surprise hit the death's door was last year. Mm. I feel that it's going to be the indie darling of 2022 and I'm all for it. Oh, yes, absolutely. I'm in the cult. I've joined the cult. I am fucking loving cult of the lamb i I don't know what it is about it but it is just ticking all the boxes for me now i picked it up on nintendo switch and just quickly to get it out of the road don't pick this game up on nintendo switch (laughs) i should have listened to you Lockie. don't know why i did it i was like it's an indie game it's got a cutesy art style surely the switch would be able to handle it game on switch if you can port it to something else it's the switch is a bloody potato i watched the gameplay of it and it looked smooth so i was like surely it's gonna run fine but lo and behold (laughs) i've got it in my hands and that is definitely not the case now I watched uh, uh, Mrs. Lalante from the Inconsolables stream Cult of the Lamb on Twitch uh, last night, Friday night, and she's playing on PC. And when I, as soon as I saw it, my immediate thought was, fuck, I should have bought this on PC <laughs> because it was just running so silky smooth at like 60 frames, like she's rolling. There's no, no drop frames anywhere for me. Uh, it's 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 running at looks what looks to me to be 30 and for the most part it runs pretty smoothly uh, but I have found that during combat when things start getting a bit hectic you are definitely getting drop frames and it can affect you like there's been times where my lambs one spot I hit roll and then the next frame <laughs> I'm just across on the other side of the little arena uh, so it, it is a little bit frustrating there I do wish I got it on another platform but even with that aside holy shit, I'm still absolutely loving it. Like, the mix of the... It, it reminds me of, like, a mixture of um, 
of Hades and Animal Crossing. Whereas I think Hades definitely does the roguelite stuff a lot better, but I actually prefer how uh, how Cult of the Lamb handles all the the, uh, the the Farmville, the farming style, build your little town uh, sort of gameplay. I've I've been just I've, I've found myself just engrossed in that. And still enjoying the dungeons and always in, in, enjoying mixing it up and changing up the gameplay and going out there and doing some dungeon crawling roguelite combat. But yeah, the, the building up the cult and getting the new followers and, and acquiring the new buildings and upgrading the, the cult and the lamb, that's, that's, that's where it's at for me, for sure. Oh, and you can name your cult eventually and also name your followers as well too what, what have you called which your makes cult, it tough so, so i've i've just gone i've gone the lazy thing and it's just the cult of eight bit but it's tough because when you name your followers they have a finite life cycle like they get old and they die mm. and so when you're burying potentially followers that you've named as you know friends or family members or pets and then you've got to watch them die and choose to either sacrifice them and cut them up and then feed them back to your cult <laughs> or give them a proper funeral and then bury them like it's it's emotional like it's uh it hits you in the feels like when i first noticed it earlier in the week when one of my um one of my first cult members i had uh like overnight you know it's, it's got it's obviously it's a day and night life cycle so they they work mm. during the day and then sleep of a night time as as you do mm. so you've only got a certain amount of times to do certain things and i remember waking up all the you know daytime because you don't really ever sleep as the, the cult leader oh yeah it's no a, sleep for the lamb yeah you, yeah you you're always on that hustle but i remember seeing the followers wake up and uh one one of my main followers that i had right from the jump who i had named as merlin i think all of a sudden he's old and he's got a little walking stick and he's in an old man robe and he's like on his way to his deathbed and i'm like my boy like we've been we've we've raised this cult up from the ground together and now i've got to choose to sacrifice you or let you go in your own time like Uh. it's tough and it uh plays on the heartstrings and i love it absolutely i i named my cult oh god it's it's not a good name i was tired when i came up with this it's the baddies Oh it's no! A cult for the bad, so, yeah. Was that uh? Was that potentially some more spoilers for for Spoken? Maybe that's probably the the main antagonist in for Spoken, the cult of baddies. That's right. I am actually the main writer for for Spoken. It was me all along. That's the, that's the big twist to all this. It was um, Zach all along. <laughs> I, I am Agatha. That's right. No, I'm, I'm, I'm well into the cult. And yeah, naming the followers, you're right, Brendan. It just makes you so much more attached to them. Um, oh, God. I've, I've, I've just been absolutely loving it. And I've found, like, you know, finding myself starting off wanting to avoid doing the fucked up stuff, like sacrificing your followers, and then realizing, oh, shit, like... You, I need to keep the faith up and somehow sacrificing people does that. <laughs> so I'm just going to do it. And uh, have you had anyone who's uh, gone against the cult so far? I've had a couple that have uh, become dissenters. Yeah, I've had, I haven't had like people that have sort of been brought in and then organically turned against the cult, but I've had a few where you get random challenges where they're like, Hey, we've, we've got a potential dissenter or a naysayer. Do we bring them in and then try to indoctrinate them? So I've had a few of them and they walk around their megaphone, hate speaking against the cult and whatever else. And you've got to talk them down and bribe them and feed them and do your sermons and stuff like that. So I've had a couple because you can talk them down or you can kill them. I haven't worked out how to just secretly assassinate them because there was one I was going to kill because he just 
would not step down off the ledge as far as talking down on the cult of 8-bit. So I'm like, I'm just going to kill you and put you in that <laughs> hole over there. But I couldn't work it out. Maybe I need to buy or upgrade something in, in the village to do it. But at the moment, I didn't have that option. And speaking of, like, um, sacrifice, I don't know if you can hear what's going on here, but it feels like my entire uh, townhouse right now might be getting sacrificed. There is, like... <laughs> A crazy-ass hailstorm going on, so apologies in advance if any of that's bleeding into the audio, but it is, like, biblical out there. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> oh, damn, far out. Yeah, I can, yeah far out. <laughs> Hopefully your uh, your townhouse there stays intact. <laughs> you got to play more Cult of the Lamb this weekend. I think oh, so. Damn. Maybe I've, I've upset the, uh, the one who waits because I haven't played uh, much today, <laughs> so I need to get back into their ASAP. Oh dear. You know, I, I started off with uh, my followers, like I try and talk them down. I, I have had a couple of dissenters, so I guess I'm not running my, my cult quite as well as you are, uh, Brendan. But uh, th- one of the things you can do with dissenters is you can, if, if you don't like talk them down, they'll just leave. You can imprison them <laughs> and put them in stocks, basically. So I've started doing that, <laughs> which is super fucked up, but it's also, it's effective. Like, they somehow <laughs> they become more faithful if I imprison them. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Teaching them fear. It's a pretty messed up game um, to hear about on the outset. Um, I haven't played it, but I, I, I definitely need to pick this game up as my next one. Oh, Lockie, I think I think you would really enjoy it. Maybe if it was just the town building village sort of aspect, you wouldn't be quite as into it. But I don't know, just yeah, the the way they mix up the the two different gameplay styles. I've only just discovered something something called like oh, what's it called like knuckle. Oh, Knucklebone? Knucklebone, that's right, yeah. Yeah, which is a little dice game. Oh, I can see myself just like, you know, Gwent or something in The Witcher just just wasting (laughs) stupid amounts of time just playing this dumb, simple minigame as well too. So I'm really just scratching the surface. I've beaten the first main boss so far and it looks like you have four that you have to beat before you take on... Uh, the big bad or, or yeah, whatever it is that will happen at the end there. How far are you in, Brendan? I've I've got one of the the four, I guess, sub bosses to go. Yep. I was I was lucky. Devolver slung me a copy of this a little early, so I sort of been working through it this week. So I've I've worked through three of the the, the primary sub bosses or antagonists that you deal with constantly there, and I've got yep. one to go there. But like I've I've done a lot of the. Um, yeah, the knuckle bones. There's four separate people you can battle in that throughout the game. Yep. There's also a fishing mode in it. That's all I'm going to say. Like, you know, it's it's not part of the narrative at all. But there's yeah. a nice little fishing mode in the game, and I'm I'm a slut for a good fishing mode in any game. Like, if there's fishing <laughs> in a game, I'm going to be putting far too many hours into it. So I've been sitting on the <laughs> bank, casting my digital rod, catching all the fish and all the sea creatures, and it's just the best. Yeah, that takes me back to Zelda Ocarina of Time days where they just have this great fishing game in mm-hmm. between. It's yep, the best. It's, it. it's not world-breaking or world-beating by any stretch. Yep. It's pretty simple as far as all you're doing is pressing one button and then timing it to reel the fish in, but it's good escapism from those stressful uh, conquests you're going on because, mm. like, especially if you're saying you're dropping frames, it's stressful in there when there's inundation of enemies coming at you and if you roll the wrong way, like... You're a pretty squishy old lamb. Like, it doesn't take much for you to get knocked down. So, uh, yeah. yeah, dying and then losing part of your progress and then losing some respect of your followers makes it tough too. Going back to the cult saying, yeah, I died again. Sorry, sorry, bros, but uh, I'm going back soon. 
The thing that I need to get the hang of too is the game, uh, obviously you mentioned the day-night cycle before, that's constantly going unless you have it paused. So the amount of times I've been on a run and I've like, you know, I, I'm playing on Switch and mostly handheld because uh, the delay and the, the frames dropping were even worse when I played it docked, even though it looks oh, fantastic no. on the big screen. So it was a bit disappointing there. Um, but yeah, like I've, yeah, I've just found I, I, uh, uh, wait, what was I talking about? <laughs> what were you talking about? About the yeah. day night cycle. Oh yeah. Yeah. I found, I, I, I always put the switch down <laughs> cause I'm like, you know, watching something else I'm playing it in bed or whatever. And then I'll come back and all my followers are starving and no longer <laughs> have any faith in me. So I've got to get used to making sure I press pause, but yeah, I'm digging the, art style the the it's the, the character models for all the followers are so cute um i want a cult of the lamb plushie as well too the lamb itself is adorable um yeah the mix of the dark with the the cuteness is is just it's i love the tone of it um I, i'm i'm obsessed with with cult of the lamb this is definitely the indie hit of the year for me i i think uh and and this studio is only four people as well it is not Mm -hmm. a big studio at all uh good on devolver Mm. once again like like sort of uh finding these gems that just fit so well into their catalog of games that they publish because uh, it's deserving of all the attention it's getting i believe it had last night it had 60k viewers on twitch which is huge like that's that's getting near stray sort of numbers when stray came out um it's got twitch integration which wasn't working last night when Mrs. Lalante was playing, um, but a lot of people, as I said, 60,000 people watching on Twitch, so apparently they were having server issues, but when that does work, then you'll be able to like name followers that, that um, people you're watching uh, will come across. So the Twitch integration stuff there looks like it'll be a lot of fun. Um, and it can affect the gameplay in other ways as well too. So that's really cool. Have you had any, any bugs or anything, Brendan? Because I've had a couple. I've been pretty good actually like uh, I'm playing on the Xbox Series X and it's been running silky smooth like no no dropped frames no tearing no lag I haven't had an issue at all and even like when I've sort of stopped playing and and put the Xbox into rest mode it's it's got the quick resume so I can just jump straight back into the game hit unpause and I'm going again so it's, it's been actually really seamless for me I'm I feel sorry for you, that's for sure, for uh, <laughs> plebbing it with the Switch version, but uh, the I Xbox don't. version, chef's kiss. <laughs> he, had, he had fair warning. <laughs> hey, it's still, it, look, yeah, I, I'm still having a lot of fun anyway. I'm like, you know, mm-hmm. I, I could have probably attempted to try and get a refund from Nintendo if I wrote them a sternly worded email. I'm sure they would have refunded me. I could have picked it up elsewhere, but I don't know. Just, it's like the perfect sort of handheld game for me. So I just want this on a, on a handheld and I do not own a steam deck and I, <laughs> and, and I can't get one. So yeah. Um, no, I love the music as well of Cult of the Lamb. The music's fantastic. It's just sort of this cutesy sort of, uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm digging it. I'm digging all aspects of, of Cult of the Lamb. I'm absolutely bloody loving it. It's all I want to be doing right now is playing Cult of the Lamb. Um, so yeah, definitely more more to say on that in the future. But oh yeah, the issues that I have had with yeah, it, I, <laughs> I forgot, totally forgot to mention. So I've had problems like uh, there was one weird, uh, weird glitch where the screen started just flashing for no reason. Like the background was flashing, the foreground was flashing, uh, which lasted only like 30 seconds or so, something like that. Uh, I've had a couple of crashes where the, basically the game just frozen and I've had to close it and open it again. 
uh, and I've also had obviously the frame issues that I mentioned before. Uh, I had an issue where for some reason I couldn't my prisoners I couldn't uh, re-educate as they say in the game. Uh, I don't know why. And then one of them just got transported out of the prison and then back into the prison. So a few weird bugs with the Switch version. And I I haven't heard of anyone else reporting any issues on other platforms. So maybe it's just the Switch. So anyone out there, if you're looking to get Cult of the Lamb, I definitely recommend it. Just maybe not on the Nintendo Switch. No, totally agree. It's so oh. good. And I love the uh, the Sims list it's using, like for all the character vocalizations. Like it's all yeah. uh, text that you're reading, but like it's got that like little chibi, chippy sort of sound that they use with a lot of those Sim games. And then just the contrast with like the big bads and their deeper tone and like this yeah. sort of like, you mentioned it earlier, Lockie, like that Guillermo del Toro, um, you know, <laughs> mysticism and fantasy that he sort of weaves through it's got a bit of that vibe to it and it's uh it's so good oh so good any anything left to say at all on cult of the lamb brendan do yourselves a favor pick it up just not on the switch you're gonna love it <laughs> it's it's yeah like i said earlier like it feels like it's death door death's door to me for 2022 which you know death door was my favorite indie of last year and won a few game of the year awards across various platforms and i think cult of the lamb is going to be right up there for 2022 and uh yeah, shout out to Massive Monster, just a, a bunch of dudes based in AU mm. and I think one or two of them sort of satellite from the UK and knocked it out of the park and it's so good in every aspect. Killing it. It's nice to see years when, actually, I was about to say it's been a quiet year for AAA, but we've had things like Elden Ring and Horizon Forbidden West this year. It's just been a been a pretty kick-ass year for video games, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, Lockie, yeah. What have you been playing this week, my friend? Like, I do not already know. <laughs> yeah, well, if you've been listening to this podcast, you might be hearing um, faint noises of me playing the Switch the entire <laughs> way through because I am completely addicted to Xenoblade 3. I have not played a single other game. <laughs> no. I've, got nothing, I've got nothing else to, to add to the conversation with new games. All I can say is that... This game is so fucking addictive. Yeah. I am loving it. The story, it's just an enormous, enormous game in terms of sheer map size and areas you have to get through and the story itself, it just keeps going. Mm. I, I think I'm only in chapter four and there are seven chapters in total and I've sunk so many hours into this game this week. Mm. Um, yeah, it, it's one of those games. If you're into RPGs, this will tickle tickle you. Um, the only thing that I'd say is that... Um, one of its pros and cons is that um, if you are a completionist like me with these types of games, um, it's it doesn't give you much of a challenge in terms of um, getting to throughout the game once you get to the higher levels. Um, so I'm playing it on hard mode at the mo- at the moment, and most of the time I can just auto battle my way through any sort of boss challenge. Um, still, it's a whole ton of bloody fun. Okay, do I need to have played the first one or two to understand? Like, uh, it's piqued my interest and I'm a sucker for a big JRPG, but mm. do I need to understand the the back history of this franchise to jump into three? No, so no, not at all. So they're all standalone stories in their own little world. So one, one and two are extremely different to each other, whereas one, um, one's more about uh, robots and two's more about fucking everything. 
Um, you've got talking swords, um, and and they turn into enormous breasted rabbit women at some point. So like, it's just yeah, two is ju- is really out there. Three they scale they scale it back big time. So they age up their characters, which is a welcome design because yeah, that that was always a bit of a weird weird direction they took for number two, um, where you got basically kids under the age of ten in this version. They are technically under ten years old, but they, um, but they physically all look like they're in their late teens, early adult years. So it's a lot more acceptable for their. Oh, it still sounds a bit uh, dicey. Is yeah. there any? Is there any booby swords in three? Yeah, it's a lot less sexualized than than number two, though, uh, across the board. And and normally they're um like they they do it a lot more um appropriately in this one I'd say. Yeah, I, whereas yeah, I, can't I feel say like if there was any like big titty yeah. rabbit ladies you probably would have already <laughs> messaged us in the group chat because those things are fucking ridiculous. Yeah. They do they do have a couple of big titted ladies though with some ridiculous jiggle physics, but they don't <laughs> they don't go as crazy anime into it. Like yeah. they're just there and she's and she's actually a really good character, really well written and um doesn't look like a child, so that's always a plus with um these types of games. So yeah, I I'm I'm loving the crap out of this one. You don't need to play any of the previous ones. In terms of entry entry sort of walkthrough way, Xenoblade has a really um, bad track record of, of not holding your hand for explaining what the fuck is going on in game controls. It's a very confusing game. Uh, whereas in number three, I think they've streamlined the absolute shit to all of their tutorials. Um, they still throw a lot of stuff at you, but it's it's a lot easier to get to. I'd say it's probably the most accessible title of their franchise. It's also the nicest looking one. So yeah, definitely uh, I, would, I would recommend picking this up if you're into any sort of RPG stuff. This is quality. You sold me a booby swords. <laughs> yep. Uh, by the way, I am I am giving this review half divided. I'm actually playing it at the moment as we speak. <laughs> well, if you want the you want booby swords, Brendan, two two's where it's at. The, <laughs> my God, the physics in that shit. Yeah, if you want to see a lot of boundaries push, number two. But also, you know, in two's credit, two is the best music, and two has arguably the best story. There you go. So uh, ridiculous as some of the moments are, I really love the story and I love the ending. I've got some <laughs> things to think about, but I need to be careful because it feels like I could end up on a watch list playing this game. <laughs> so I've got to be careful. Yeah, number two, definitely. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, that's all the time we have for news to reviews this week. I've got to go turn my grandma into an NFT. Brendan... <laughs> It has been such a fun time. Despite the poor week of news, we've had such a good episode, and it's all thanks to you, my friend. Thanks so much for joining us. I appreciate you having me on as always. It's always good fun talking to you two and your weird uh, booby sword fantasies. But, uh, yeah, it's it's Hey, man, we didn't make the game. We just played it, all right? (laughs) I'm sure you were brought on as a lead visionary like Neil Blomkamp is with uh, Godzilla. Oh, dear. Well, when can I get get Big Titty Sword Lady as an NFT, Lockie? That's what I want to know. Yeah, I, I don't know, but it's funny how you're saying you're going to make your grandma an NFT. All she wants is just for a normal tea to be made. <laughs> no, Grandma, she this go, is not Oh, that sounds lovely. I'd love some tea. Thank you. <laughs> and you're like, no, it's digital. It's, it's digital property. And she's like, 
I'd love some I'd love some tea. Earl Grey, Earl Grey, please. You can sell this tea though later on. Yeah. At a and, profit, and Brendan. Like, and then she's like, yes, Queen, spill that tea. <laughs> oh my lordy. Brendan, please remind everyone where they can find all your wonderful content. Uh, yeah, f- find everything at 8bit.net or on the socials at we are 8bit and that's A-T-E-B-I-T. And if you want to follow me directly on all the socials, it's Brendan, B-R-E-N-D-A-N, 8bit, all one word. So B-R-E-N-D-A-N, A-T-E-B-I-T. Hit me up on there and... Um, yeah, looking forward to seeing your grandma as an NFT there, Zach. It's, uh, it's going to be a story to follow for the coming weeks, that's for sure. Do I post it on Twitter or do I not? Then other people have my grandma NFT. I can't have <laughs> I don't want people right-clicking saving my grandma. Oh, gross. Yeah, but she won't be fungible. That's the most important part. Right-clicking the elderly. Good times. <laughs> if you want to, what does fungible mean, dearie? <laughs> if you want to see if Man of Medan is fungible, then ch- ch- check me out streaming it on Twitter at 6:30 p.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time. This this week could be the time when the story completely falls apart. So come watch watch me suffer through that. <laughs> and uh, yeah, hit us up on all the socials: Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Search news for news to reviews. You can find us there. And oh, if you can, pretty please leave us a rating or review wherever you listen to the podcast because that is the best way you can help us get into the ears of more peeps out there. Lockie, give me final words of wisdom for our listeners this week. <laughs> I God got help no us. Words of wisdom. <laughs> yeah, I got no words of wisdom for this one. <laughs> you got some non-fungible wisdom for us? No? No, I'm still picturing like your grandma is, is the grandma um, from Community. <laughs> Troy's grandma and she's got to get us. Oh, she's getting the switch. <laughs> Imagine she just beats beats you up with my Nintendo. That's where my Nintendo Switch is gone. Zach's grandma's got it and she's beating up kids with it. Amazing. (laughs) (laughs) If only Britta had known that. Oh. Oh, dearie me. Well, this this advice is so good, it would be worth a million dollars if it was made into an NFT. And that is, everyone out there, please, take care of yourselves and take care of one another. I'm glad I've since had someone else say that they reckon I've got a I've got a sty as well too. I sent a photo just to a group chat of friends. Are like, yeah, it looks like you've probably got a sty or something like that. So it looks very sty-esque. I don't yeah. know how the they- fuck I got that. Like, how how does one get a sty? D- dude, I I had my first sty. I think only about four months ago. The first f- time in my life. I swear to fuck, I think man, once you, you get into your thirties, you just, just get this everything bullshit. Everything comes for you at once. What the fuck is yeah. this shit? So, so the description of it is: it's a bacterial infection involving one or more of the small glands near the base of your eyelashes. 
it's yeah. so it's similar to a boil or a pimple um mm. but yeah they're, yeah they're pretty gross but get that gold ring on it i'm telling you <laughs> stick a gold ring on it maybe clean the ring first sack um because if it's a bacterial infection, more bacteria uh, won't won't like cancel it out. So, so that's what Beyonce was singing about this entire time. <laughs> you yeah. like that eye? Oh, gross! Yeah, but uh, dude, dude, you got it. Be- you got it, it because you play games on the toilet and then you touch your eyes. That's what's going on. Poo particles. Yep. I'm surprised you don't have pink eye more often. 